Welcome to episode three of Unfiltered. I'm Ken Minster, and I'll be sitting down with Nevada's Republican state legislators to provide an unfiltered view of their work in the 81st legislative session in Carson City. In this fun interview with Assemblyman Greg Hathen, we talk about his family, his goals, and his strategy to just try to get something good done for rural Nevada in this wildly partisan legislative session. He's a genuine, thoughtful elected official who is also a small business owner and a proud dad. Enjoy. What do you do uh, in your personal life? Yeah, I heard you say you're on the hospital board. What do you do in your personal life? So I run uh, a number of our family and small businesses. Um, my main job is we've got a small water and sewer company. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm the general manager there. And um, I, I joke, I, I've got a license in sewer, wastewater. I mean, um, my, my son raised four, so his favorite thing is like poop right now, right? <laughs> So we, we, I ride the, we ride the bikes down to the sewer plant. You just, I just check on things on the weekends when I'm home and he thinks it's funny. And you know, I'm like, yeah, when you flush your toilet, when you flush the toilet, where it comes and it gets treated and then look, the water comes out clean. And uh, so he's fascinated by it, and, which is good because I get to go down to the, the wastewater plant and check on things and make sure <laughs> well, and he's getting a kick out of it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. That's cool. That's cool. My dad has a license in poop. That's great. That's right. And so uh, we were actually, so I was, whole COVID thing, I was taking online um, continuing ed classes and the instructor said that we're basically drinking dinosaur pee. And my son just died, <laughs> died laughing. And it was like, it was like a good, 20 minutes of just straight laughter. And I was like, that's great. But, uh, you know, they, I mean, you sit through a Zoom continuing ed class, but, you know, if you got a four-year-old laughing his, his pants, <laughs> and it's, you know, hey. I'm, hey. 30, I'm 32 and I laugh at that. That's funny. It's actually really funny. That's cool. Um, so you got a little four-year-old son. What's your, what's your son's name? Harrison. Harrison. That's awesome. That's very cool. Are, are we middle of session yet? Are, you, are we halfway yeah. point? We're, we're, we're past the halfway point. Past we're, halfway point. We have less than two months remaining. So it's, it's good because then you guys can just sh shove it all in the last three days of session. So that'll be perfect. You just wait. That's right. We'll, <laughs> we'll spend three days, not get any sleep. Luckily, I got a couch that's semi comfortable. <laughs> a power nap for five minutes in those three days. Yep. And then get back to a committee or whatever you do. So no, that's cool. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you represent, um, you know, where you're from, stuff like that. Let us, I want, want to get to know you just a little bit, Greg. Yeah. So um, I'm from Pahrump, Nevada. Um, I represent Assembly District 36, which is, uh, it's a big portion of the state. I go from Caliente uh, down to Logandale and then over to um, Sandy Valley, Pahrump up to Tonopah, um, over to Round Mountain and the, the test site. So uh, not as not as big as uh, Senator Gokachi is because he's got the other half of this since he goes to the Idaho border all the way down to the Arizona border. It's kind of crazy. Is Goldfield in there too? I think Goldfield is excluded from my district because I think I follow the county line. Oh, that's right. That's right. It goes... Right so around I'm, that, right? I'm, I'm thinking that that's part of uh, Assemblywoman Hanson's. Hanson, okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, all those cool towns are so much fun um, and such great people that live in, you know, 
these very small towns all across the state. Everybody always thinks of Vegas and Reno, but you know, there's there's some wonderful people, and they have people like you. My my grandmother lives in Pahrump, so you know, to oh, get okay. a letter from her, don't be mad. Uh, so <laughs> that's great. Um, what uh, so you represent uh, thirty six? What what committees do you have this uh, this session? So right now I'm I'm actually really busy because I've got Ways and Means. Um, as everybody knows, we have the a little bit of a budget shortfall is what they call it. Um, I call it. Uh, hey, it looks like about the same as 2018. So let's just go back to that. Um, because for some reason my colleagues across the aisle don't see eye to eye with me on that one. Um, and then I serve on Health and Human Services, which during a pandemic has been uh, very interesting. And um, I also serve on uh, revenue, which last session was called taxation, um, which we haven't done a lot in that committee, which is probably good for Nevada that we're not seeing a lot of taxation bills come forward. Um, but the, the big time uh, consumer for me is ways and means. Um, I had a joint meeting this morning and I got another one tonight at six. Um, it'll probably last a couple hours. So, What... Uh... <laughs> When, on these committees, what's what are you looking out for in ways and means? And so you're, obviously that big budget shortfall that they're talking about. I, I've tried to explain this to people that, you know, what they ask for versus what's actually getting cut and stuff like that. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that budget shortfall? And then does the CARES Act money from the federal government is, are you guys talking about that in ways and means right now? So uh, two parts, the CARES Act money, We've had a, an initial conversation about um, what some of the ideas, at least that the Democrats wanted, uh, it went to vote and it was a complete partisan uh, vote, just straight party lines, because the Republicans are have the philosophy that, hey, we shouldn't be spending money that we don't have yet, and we don't know what the restrictions on those funds are gonna be. So we're, we're hesitant to commit funds um, even in concept, I mean, we really want to be able to see, you know, they, they may earmark every single dollar and we have no control over anything, or it might be like it is today and we could do whatever it is that we want with it. Um, and so I, I think that that's something that's better suited for, you know, when we actually get the funds. Um, in regards to the budget itself, you've got, so you've got the, the agency request, the governor's proposal, and then you have kind of our working uh, documents, which is what we use to close out the budgets for each department. And um, we've been following the governor's recommendations um, quite a bit more than the agencies. Um, but we do feel like in certain areas, there's needs that the agencies bring to our attention that we have to backfill. Um, you know, like the, there's an item on tonight's agenda um, for printers. And one of the departments needs all new printers. Um, and they do, I mean, just looking at it, they definitely do need that. And that wasn't included in the, the governor's budget. Um, and so we're, yeah, I would assume that that's gonna pass tonight. I, I don't see any objections um, and things like that. New, new computers, software, equipment, things like that um, kind of gets overlooked when you're doing an overall budget. Um, but when you start getting into the weeds is when you start seeing the need for that. I've got a couple of HP bubble jet printers back here. If you want me to ship them up to Carson City, I hope that can help. Perfect. What, uh, <laughs> hope that'll help. How do you, you know, Dieter is a, a big, everybody's talking about, you know, Dieter being unable to fulfill, fulfill requests. 
you know, it's it was hard. It would be hard, I would admit, to expect a pandemic like we had and and the stressors that would happen on unemployment on the unemployment system for Nevada. What are you guys doing to prepare for that? What are the agencies that you're looking at that that, like you said, have those needs requests, and you're like, okay, we we have to fulfill this. We have to be ready for the next next one. So um, I'm also sitting in on the interim finance committee. Um, which is not a subcommittee of the legislature, it's an interim committee. Um, and so what we've been doing in the, the interim finance committee or IFC is taking some of the uh, federal stimulus money under the Trump administration and um, applying it to areas of need, specifically to Dieter, because we know that there's a big, a big hole there that needs to be filled. And um, so we have been doing a lot of that, which I think is good. Um, it's much needed. And um, we also have been using a lot of our legislative staff um, to try to help people get through the process um, with theater, which has been, it's been helpful um, for both the, the individuals and for theater because um, every request that I get, I, I send over to our staff and they've been absolutely wonderful. They'll help everybody get their packets put together. So when they submit, it's just a one-time submittal. A lot of times what happens is you're four to six weeks to get your submittal in, and then you're told, oh, you forgot something, and now you're another four to six weeks. And it really drags out the process, whereas with my staff helping them make sure that they've got all their documents lined up, it's only that first waiting period. They're not continuously waiting. Oh, that's that's very cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear you. You're allocating those resources to that. Um. Tell me a little bit about, is there anything in the assembly right now to deal with theater? I mean, is there something that, are you guys allocating more funds? Or are you just that casework side that you're talking about? What's, what are we doing to address that and get that fixed? It's been, I mean, it's been a more than a year. So yeah, there's um, a few things. One, we have allocated those CARES funds. Um, in addition to that, we are looking at upgrading the, the theater's computer system. Um, personally, I think it's outdated and in desperate need of, of revamping. Um, so we're looking at different ways of, of how that might work um, and how much that'll cost. Um, personally, I would love to see it outsourced. Um, and so that way, if you use a third-party vendor, they can be continuously updating the software, the computer systems, um, even even create an app. I mean, you know, we, we live in an app world now, and so um, it makes things a lot easier for people if they could just go on an app. It's constantly being updated. Um, we'll see how that all pans out. I'm not sure which direction the other side of the aisle is going to want to go with that, um, but I think we all agree that we need to upgrade their computer software and systems, um, and and maybe maybe move over to the cloud. And that'd be a, a good. Uh, a good bump for us, I think. It would save us some money. We we are looking at spending some funds on some servers for different agencies. And good. I know in my personal business, I looked at the price of uh, my own personal server when I had to upgrade and going cloud, and I was like, yeah, "That's a no-brainer. I'm going cloud. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even going to try yeah. to have my own server anymore." No, I. It, that's that's good that they're they're looking at that. I mean, I I know you've seen the jokes of you know if Chick Fil A were running unemployment claims, they'd they'd all be long done by now. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. You know, highly doubt they'll want to outsource it, but hope hopefully you can make you know make some headway there. Yeah. Well, and, and for clarification, it's not outsourcing Dieter. 
Sure. It's just sure. Can't outsource the 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 software and or an app or however that ends up panning out. Sure. No, oh, that's great. Um, tell me, Greg, what what are you bringing from Pahrump to Carson City? What what are people in your district telling you is their priority? And how are you translating that into your work in Carson City? What's top of mind for them? And what are you helping them to understand should be top of mind, stuff like that? What's the priorities look like? So my number one priority coming up here is, is trying to preserve rural Nevada. Um, Las Vegas um, has a whole unique perspective that's completely different than rural Nevada. And I know Reno's got a, a little bit of Vegas in them. Um, but it is different as well. And so it's, for me, it's trying to explain to my colleagues, hey, this is why rural Nevada needs this, or here's where your bill's gonna really hurt rural Nevada. And, and I know you don't mean to do that, cause I mean, they don't, I mean, they, it's unintended consequences, but when I can point that out to them and be like, if you just do this little tweak here or a little tweak there, um, you'll still preserve the rural aspects and, and the benefits and, and still get what you're looking to do in your bill. Um, but without the negative side effects. And so that's always my number one priority is um, looking out for the rural Nevadans and um, making sure that those unintended consequences don't hurt um, rural Nevada. I feel like that's, uh, those are good priorities. I talked to Haiti Kasama, Haiti Kasama about that. And her big thing is unintended consequences as well. You know, she's a realtor. She, she's like, yeah, the bill looks like this, but outside of the bill, it's all of this, you know, um, and I'm sure for rural Nevada, that's, that's a big deal. Um, is, is there anything lands related that, that rural Nevada needs to look for this session? I mean, all I hear from, you know, the media is eggs, uh, you know, cage-free eggs by 2024, stuff like that. What about water? Is there a lands bill that we need to look out for? What's, what's rural Nevada watching? So water is always a very hot topic in this building. And frankly, anytime a water bill comes up, it scares me. Uh, I get very, very nervous when they, they try to mess around with water law. Um, and most of the time I'm playing defense when it comes to changes in Nevada water law. You know, I, Nevada water law is based on first in time, first in right. And um, I just, I am very hesitant to ever want to make changes to that. Now, I will say Senator Gopachia carried a good water bill last session um, and I supported it. Um, but it was a very, very small water bill that just made a minor tweak. Um, that actually was helpful to uh, actually helpful, helpful to Logandale and uh, the Mwapo Valley Water District there. So uh, it was very, awesome. very to support that one. No, it's, that's a that's a win uh, for that part of state. That's awesome. Or I'm glad to hear that there's a win for that part of the state. Um, tell me a little bit. You know, we're talking about bills getting passed. Um, I feel like this session and the assembly put out recently that a very low number of Republican bills are actually making it to making it through committee, making it to the floor. And obviously passage is another light year away. What's, what's it like up there for getting Republican? What, what's the partisan world like for getting Republican bills through um, right now? Um, I wish I had good news for you, uh, but I, I really don't. Um, it, it's been more partisan this session than I think ever before. Um, which is really disappointing to me. Um, and I'm not saying that, that all Democrats are, are partisan or Republicans are all partisan, um, but there are select few um, who are just, just partisan and they don't want to see Republicans get a win. Um, I've actually had one of them tell me they don't want to see that Republican get a victory. 
And um, to me, it's not about legislators getting a victory. It's, it's about doing what's right for Nevada um, and its citizens. And so I, I just, I hear somebody say something like that and I'm like, you're missing the point of serving your state. You're serving the people of the state, not serving yourself. Um, and so that's frustrating to me. And obviously Friday was a deadline day. So we, we saw a lot of that last week. Um, you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I probably would have had a different answer for you, but, um, last week you saw a lot of that stuff come out. Um, and again, I had colleagues on the other side of the aisle that are not like that. And they look at the bigger picture and what's best for Nevada. Um, and they're really in this for the right reasons. Oh, it's good to hear that there are some, I, I think my biggest deal that people don't get is that I feel like confidence in government, obviously starting at the federal level down is just extremely low, right? People just think, you know, obviously Congress is just not, not that effective and the state legislature could be effective, right? I mean, I feel like I, I can tell that's a frustration amongst, you know, a lot of people is it's like, you know, if, if we could work together, we could, people would like all of us more, you know, not you less, I, I, I'm assuming. Well, and, and that's a great point. I mean, my uh, my priority bills this session um, came from my neighbors. I mean, and my friends that live in my community, um, you know, they weren't, my, my priorities weren't like big, huge, partisan, hoorah um, bills. They were, my priorities were looking out for, you know, my people in rural Nevada and what was best. You know, I had a small bill that would give um, free parking to our decorated veterans. Um, I thought that was a great bill. I got a, a hearing on it. Um, it. It actually would have given the chairwoman free parking because um, her father um, died from complications to uh, injuries in war. And she would qualify for that certain decorated license plate and she could have gotten free parking, um, but it never went to work session. And so it, it died in committee, but I'm still working hard for it because, you know, Veterans are a very important part of our, our state, um, especially those that have given the ultimate sacrifice like her father. And, um, I'm very thankful for, for him. What um, I would have loved to have seen that be implemented into law so we could you know, give back to those uh, decorated veterans. Yeah, I mean, I would expect them to kill a bill that was like Republican veterans get free parking and not Democrat. Like that's just, that's not how the world is working. That's not what you guys are trying to do. It's that is, it's very difficult. Um, well, what can we do about that? I know the world is partisan right now. I know that it's not just Nevada. I get that, but what can, what are you specifically and the caucus going to be able to do or, or what can we do to support you to fix that, right. To, to, to make that better for next session and, you know, what do we do? Well, so right now, um, our, our assembly caucus is, is playing a lot of defense right now. Um, we're in the minority um, in both houses and um, our governor's a Democrat. So we don't have a lot of offensive chips to play here, um, but we do have some def defensive ones. And so we're, we're strategically, you know, doing that and playing defense. Um, the biggest thing though, that, that I could say for all of us to do is um, unite for 2022. Um, if we can get the governor to, to turn Republican, uh, the Senate to flip and pick up some more seats in the assembly, um, we won't be in this position where we're 
we're always playing defense. You know, um, if the Senate goes Republican, the governor's office goes Republican, even if we're not able to completely flip the assembly, both sides have to work together, right? And um, so I'm, I'm trying to get the message out to, to unite behind um, our incumbents, our Republican candidates, whoever they may end up being. Um, I, I hate seeing these ugly drawn out fights amongst our own Republicans. I uh, firmly believe in Reagan's 11th commandment to uh, not talk ill of other Republicans. Um, and so I just really trying to push that message and just remind people that, um, you know, 2022 is, is the goal um, and, and to flip this state. Uh, so we don't run into this problem anymore. And um, it's, I think it's really important to, to like to help our incumbents right now, give them a pat on the back instead of beat them up because every single one of us is being beat down on a daily basis up here. Um, and some people may not like a vote here or a vote there, but it's not the end of the world. Um, and you know, just remember that you know, we're all up here fighting for you. Um, and uh, don't let that one vote deter you from, you know, thanking your legislators and the individuals that are up here, you know, working hard to, to help preserve Nevada. No, that's great. Um, it, it's difficult for me because, you know, I, I was a political consultant, not necessarily a good one, but I was a political consultant before. And we've worked in multiple states and it, it just, in there are certain states where we can have these infighting, right? We can, you know, jab at each other and spend money to try to get each other unelected and stuff like as Republicans. Nevada is not one of them. I, I just don't, we don't have that kind of uh, money. We don't have that kind of time to be wasting on, you know, decrying each other. We can disagree with each other all day. I, we, you know, every Republican is different, but, you know, censuring each other and trying to beat each other up to the point where, you know, we want to get one unelected, that just that we just don't have time for that here in Nevada, and I I think it's, I agree with you that it's a it's a very big problem. Um, especially not right now. I mean, it's just like you said, we don't have the money. Um, where the Democrats have lots and lots of money to fight against us, and so we need to be conscious about how we're using our resources um, for the end goal. And I uh, so I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. What what um what brought you to to be here for office. And so, so you were appointed and then you ran, uh, what brought you to run for office and, and continue serving, if you will finish out that term, what, what brought you here and, and why, why'd you start? Well, I, uh, I'm probably going to have to blame my grandfather. Um, it was kind of a way I was raised is that you always have to give back to your community. And so you, you have to find ways that, um, to use your talents to, to help your community. And so, um, I've been serving, you know, on our local hospital board for probably 14 years now. Um, I spent almost 10 years on the regional planning commission. And um, at the time I was appointed, I was actually chairman of the planning commission there in Pahrump. And um, I put my name in um, as a way that I thought that I could, could give back to our community um, in our state. And again, that's, that's something that was instilled in me from my grandfather. Um, because he's always, always been serving on um, every different board. So he, he spent eight years in the assembly, was speaker pro temp, and um, he actually was president of the Farm Bureau for, he'd say forever, but <laughs> I know there was a length of time in there, I just don't recollect. <laughs> uh, 
That's cool. Um, what? Uh, yeah, Hafen. I've I've definitely heard that name before you uh, a million times. No, that that's good. Um, why are you are you a Republican? Um, what is what is the driving force of? It just it just seems very unpopular these days, right? It's just you know that that scarlet R on your chest up in Carson City. I'm sure that you know if they didn't know your party, they'd love you a lot more. Why are you a Republican, and why are you still a Republican today, Greg? Um, you know, I um, my my mother was Catholic, and I I grew up Catholic. Um, my parents never pushed a particular uh, party on me, and they they kind of let me uh, make my own decision of of who I was and who I wanted to be. And um, you know, I just looked at the the morals and the values of the different political parties, and and found that you know the the Republican Party. Um, aligned more with my values, the, the free enterprise, the, the capitalist, the, the pro-life. Um, and, and so that, that's why I became a Republican. And, um, you know, I'm also a businessman. I think most business, small, at least small businessmen are, are Republicans nowadays. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of why I, I chose to be part of the Republican Party when I, I turned 18 and um, registered for the first time. Yeah, Greg, it's it's after that first one or two billion dollars that you make that you start to you start to donate to Democrats. So I, I get you. Um, so when, once you hit that billion, maybe you'll turn Democrat. You know, for now, you're, I don't think so. I, I, think, I, I think I'm part of this party for life. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. I, um, you know, I, speaking of you know rich billionaires donating to Democrats, um, I know you introduced a bill. Uh, about big tech companies and it, you know, everybody, you know, made funny and say, Oh my gosh, you know, the silly bill that Greg is doing. Can you tell me why you introduced and tell me, give me the title, give me the, whatever it was. I know, you know it's dead now, but why did you do it? Why is that important to you? Um, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, I did get laughed at and, and uh, there was a, a really great article written about how stupid of an idea it was. Um, I read every word. So. I, <laughs> I, you know. I, uh, I, uh, so, so to me, I looked at what Twitter did to President Trump, and then I look at how they are completely biased in that. I mean, they, they let the leader of Iran continue to this day to send out tweets. And for them to say that the leader of the free world is not allowed to tweet for violating what? Nothing? Oh, okay. Um, and even after he was acquitted, they still haven't let him back. They, they didn't let him back on. And so I wanted to carry a bill that said, you can't do that. You cannot discriminate based on political differences. If you're going to be a quote unquote neutral platform, then you need to be that. And so um, I saw what Governor DeSantis was doing in Florida. I saw what Texas was doing. And so I reached out to both of them. I, I reached out to Governor Sanchez's office. I reached out to um, the Texas Senate and um, got a lot of really good information from them. Um, and then tried to figure out, okay, how do I tweak this to make it work in Nevada? And so um, actually kind of a short bill, I think it was only two pages long, um, but really set the parameters for the discussion and saying, Hey, this is this is what we want you to do, and if you don't, then these are going to be classified as deceptive trade practices, and then you're going to be subject to the penalties under that NRS. And um, I, you know, I had some great conversations um, with a number of different media outlets, 
Um, I reached out to my colleagues. I had a couple of the Democrats that were kind of interested in, in having the conversation, uh, but I could never convince the chairwoman to, uh, to have a hearing on it. Um, though maybe, maybe we could go across the street, grab beers and, and stream it live and just have our own little, uh, little workshop. We'll call it a workshop, yeah. not a hearing and, uh, and talk about some more, uh, talk about the pluses and the minuses. And, um, you know, and, and, and I would feel the same way if Twitter was doing this to, to president Biden right now. Yes. Uh, if they were trying to limit his free speech, um, I, I would be really upset about it as well. Um, because I don't think that it's right. Um, and I think that social media has now become, you know, the best way of communicating, uh, you know, and I don't use Twitter now, um, still have my handle, but I stopped using it because I just go, you know what, I don't need to, to do that. Uh, I kind of feel like, hey, I'm gonna send my own message to them and say, I don't appreciate what you're doing. Um, I don't think it's right. And um, until you guys fix it, I'm just, not going to tweet. So I still use Facebook for now. Uh, if they start doing a lot more of that. Uh, I might have to reevaluate my social media platforms. We post, we'll post this interview exclusively on MySpace. So I hope you're on there because you can see it. Um, I'm no, not on MySpace. I might have to get one now. <laughs> no, I, Greg, I feel, feel the same way. If, if Parler, right, let's say Parler were still on live and I think they're coming back or whatever, but my pillow guy is sending out his social media network soon. Okay. If the, if president Biden, the official white house account was on Parler or on my pillow or whatever the, the, the account is, and they were devaluing their tweets or, or their, their shares, or they were taking them off the platform or they were, I wouldn't want that either. I don't want to silence democratic voices or, you know, leftists. It's not Democrats. It's leftists. And I don't want to silence communists. I don't want to silence Antifa. They have a right to speak. Uh, you know, they don't have a right to break windows, but they have a right to speak. And I, I, I thought people like the ACLU and people like the left loved that. I thought that's what we were for. And it's difficult for me that because popular culture, whatever, maybe popular culture is on their side that, it's okay. We're like, oh, well, you know, he says mean tweets. So it's okay to get, you know, get rid of him. I think my, the biggest story, and I, I'm sure you, you heard about this is the Hunter Biden story um, that the New York post broke before the election. And then Twitter closed down the New York post's account through election day um, because they didn't like the story. And then we find out, however, it's been, you know, four, four or five months. We now know that story was true, or at least parts of it were true. Um, and, and Ken, part of it is that if you keep segregating, you know, the Republicans are going to all go to parlor and the Democrats are going to be on Twitter. It's just a bunch of empty yelling yeah. and there's no debate actually occurring. And I mean, I go to my Democrat colleagues. I want to understand where their side of the argument is and, and maybe they could help explain it to me. I mean, there was a bill, um, I don't remember the bill now, but. Uh, when I read the bill, I was like, no, nah, I can't support this. And then I went to the bill sponsor and she explained it to me a little bit further. She showed me the return on investment. And I'm like, oh, wow, I can actually get behind this. This wow. is actually a good bill. And it, it, it's things like that that we need to be doing is we need to go in with an open mind. Yeah, I, I said, no, I can't support this. Um, but when I finally you know, reached out to her and talked to her about her bill and learned 
you know, why she was doing it and, and what the long-term, you know, return was going to be for the state. I was like, this is, this is actually great for the state. And um, yeah, it'll cost us money up front, but it will save us a lot. I mean, the end of the year in 10 years, it's going to save us hundreds of millions of dollars um, based on the projections. And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you're fiscally responsible conservative, you, you should be all about things like this. And seeing past the headlines too. I, that's great. I'm so glad to hear that story. I, I think that's what normal people do, right? I mean, we're, we live in this political bubble now and, I, you know, God bless you for, you know, not being on Twitter every day. You're probably a very much happier uh, man because of it, but I am. That's what yeah, I believe you, you know, normal people do that. They go, Hey, can you tell me a little bit about this so that I can know more? And and that it's, it's hard to do that these days um, in this partisan environment. I, I bet it really is. Um, well, I, my last sort of question, I, I, I want to know um, what, what do you, or my last serious question, then I'll ask you about, you know, what, what you're reading right now, but what do you think we, as Republicans, what should we do to get more people to register Republican um, and, and join the party, join our cause? And, you know, beyond that, maybe they don't register Republican, but at least vote more, more people to vote Republican so we can get more assemblymen, more senators to come up there. What is what is Greg Hafen's philosophy on that? What, what should we be doing? Well, my philosophy is just embrace everyone. Uh, it doesn't matter which side of the, the uh, you know, spectrum, the political spectrum you're on, left, right. Um, you know, a lot of people look at it left and right like this, right, straight line. Realistically, we all start here. And then when you start getting out to the fringe issues, you actually get back together again. Um, great example, AOC and Rand Paul were the two biggest advocates against this last, was it the last stimulus package or the, the CARES Act? I can't remember which one, but one of the, the, the stimulus packages, both of them, far right, far left, both agreeing that, I think they were agreeing that spending money on all these four nations for COVID purposes was, was not a good idea. And, and, and as Republicans, we need to realize that, hey, there are going to be, you know, Ken, you and I can disagree on an item here and there, but we're going to agree on 90% of it. And that, you know, some of the, our independent colleagues we, they may not agree with us on 60% of it, but they agree with us on 40, or maybe it's 60 they agree and 40 they disagree. Um, and, and really try to, to relate to them and not tune them out and say, hey, look, I'm a Republican, you're an independent, um, but here's, here's my stance on these issues and, and where, is it, where is it for you? And, and be respectful when there's a, a disagreement on that. Uh, I, I just think that that's, that's really, really important rather than, um, you know, a strict hard line, you either, you know, are pro-life or you're not one of us, or you're, I'm trying to think of another polarizing uh, thing. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the world. Infrastructure. 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 <laughs> yeah, that one. You know, you're the for infrastructure against it. You know, we, don't need, we don't need that that major divide. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the conservative platform has um, their priorities, um, but I don't want to alienate somebody because they, you know, today have a mindset on one issue and then, oh, I don't want to be part of them because that's their issue. No, I want to look 90% of our issues you agree with us on. Yeah. We can get past that one. We can have conversations about it and, and maybe you'll change my mind. Maybe I'll change your mind and who knows. Um, 
but that's just that's kind of my thing is, is have an open mind and talk things out it's a crazy philosophy to get more people to at least talk that's a crazy philosophy i don't, I don't know if it's going to work but hopefully hopefully it can um last uh you know final thing i ask everybody um what are you I, I know you're reading bills i know you're reading you know committee reports and stuff like that but what are you reading or watching on tv right now um you know what's what's at the top of your mind when you when you get to your you know carson city flat i don't know what they have you in up there but what are you reading right now so i actually uh, right before this was reading an oral history um of my grandfather that he had done um, I stumbled across it while looking at previous legislation <laughs> and trying to get some of the historical background on some of the stuff we're doing up here. And I, so I was reading that right before we got started. Um, the book that I'm reading right now is uh, The War on Guns. Um, Assemblywoman Hansen turned me on to that, and I'm finally getting around to, to reading it. Um, as far as watching uh, during the lockdown, I binge watched all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Uh, now I'm I'm switching over to DC, and so I'm watching the uh, watching the Batman movies. Yes, have you seen the Snyder cut of Justice League yet? No, I haven't. It I heard four hard. hours though, and I'm just like, I just it, don't have four hours. I can <laughs> the the Batman's that I've seen. Because they're just on in the background while right. I'm going to bills and you know trying to do my day job. By the way, I do have a day job because uh, you know we're not exactly getting paid up here right now. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got to do both, and um, to have a little bit of noise on in the background, I just yeah. something I've already seen before. It's uh, it, it's four hours long. It's a masterpiece. It's so good. Um, I took me I think five nights, not every single night, but I it took me like five where I was sitting and watching because it is it's four hours long. But it's so good. Um, the war on guns sounds cool. Um, I hope you get through all of your, the DC movies. Some of them are very, very good. Shazam is a weird one. I don't know if you've seen, it's a DC movie. It, it's a sleeper. It's really good. I'll have to, I'll have to add it to yeah. my list. Yeah, it's actually, it's really good. Um, assemblyman, I, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you, uh, serving the Vadans, uh, up there. Um, is there anything um, that you want to plug as a final thing for people watching today? Um, things that they can do uh, to help you up in session or just politically? Uh, you know, always um, support your your legislators that are up here. Um, send them an email. Just say thank you. I mean, those little things go a long way um, because morale can can be rough up here when you're in the minority. Um, especially when you're in the minority in both houses. Um, and if anybody wants to reach out to me, um, you can call me, uh, my number here, 775-684-8805. Um, or you can get all my, uh, Facebook email stuff on my website, which is, uh, AFIN, the number four, Nevada.com. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll plug that when we, you know, sort of post this, but, uh, Appreciate you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kim.